okay tonight? If you love the Lord tonight, say amen. <clears throat> I, sure, I sure do. I'm grateful. Man, I don't know what we'd do if it wasn't for him. <clears throat> don't know where we'd go if it weren't for the fact we could take our burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Amen. amen. When you found verse 12, if you'd stand with me. I found in these verses that Facebook was not created by a guy named Mark Zuckerberg. Amen, 15 or so years ago, but it was, it was created by God. Amen? Who gave us a book that faces us and reads you more than you read it. Amen? Look at verse number 12. The Bible said, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, <clears throat> that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen. Would you join me as we bow our heads for a word of prayer? Father, we are grateful and Father, very thankful that, God, you have given us this beautiful day. Lord, thank you for the sunshine. Lord, thank you for, uh, God, the, the beauty that, God, you created. And, God, thank you for eyes to be able to behold it. God, thank you for, uh, God, the mobility to be able to get out and enjoy it. <clears throat> and, God, to accomplish the things that we needed to get done today. Lord, many of these folk have worked all day. They've labored God, you've given them the ability, Lord, to be able to provide for themselves and their families. But, God, that comes at a cost, and that means that at 7, uh, 7.35 on a Monday night, they're weary. And, Father, I pray that, God, you'd give them some strength. And, Lord, you'd bless them for pushing through that weariness. Lord, many friends have come from a, a good distance away, some a great distance. And, Lord, they could, have, uh, they could have stayed home, could have laid in a motel room and just relaxed. But, Father, they have come... And, Lord, they didn't come to hear me. Lord, I know better than that. They've come to hear you. God, they've come to hear from heaven. Lord, we have not gathered here, Lord, because a man is preaching. We've gathered here in hopes that God would get a man out of the way. And, God, you would speak to us, God, through your vessel. Father, to that end, I desire to be that vessel tonight. And, God, I'd ask in Jesus' name that, Father, you'd take me. And, God, you'd use me tonight in an unusual way. Father, I need you this evening Father, I have none other that I can lean upon. God, none other that I, that I desire to lean upon. And Father, I'm grateful that, God, you said that we could cast all our care upon you, for you care for us. Father, speak to us tonight from your word. And God, for that, we'll thank you and we'll praise you. We'll bless your name, for it's in Jesus' name we make this prayer and we wrap it in expectation. And all God's people said, Amen. You can be seated. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12, tells us about the original Facebook. It's a book that's alive. It's a book that reads the reader. The Bible said it's quick. Amen. That means it's alive. 
I used to think quick was things that were fast, which I never have been myself, but I like things that way. Somebody told me quick means alive, and I thought back to a time when we had a, we've always seemed to have had a dog is when we had a house and kids around, and Brother Jim, there was a time when we had a big full-blooded black chow-chow dog, you know, purple tongue, lion mane, the whole, and uh, it was an outside dog, where it's, in my opinion, is where most dogs belong, Amen. You, if your kids did in the house what the dog does in the house, you'd kill them. <laughs> Somebody say amen. I'm still trying to figure out the reason for cats. Good thing I wasn't Noah. Amen. Suckers that learned to learn. Maybe that's where catfish came from. Amen. I don't know. But, but uh, amen. But uh, we had this chow-chow dog. He's an outside dog and had a little igloo thing in the backyard. And, and uh Brother Fred, that dog's claws got pretty long and it scratched one of the church kids that was dumb enough to crawl in the igloo with the dog, amen? They've been uninvited. And, uh, and so I got a pair of those dog toenail clippers. I thought I'll cut the dog's toenails. Well, I don't know how you are, but when I cut my toenails, it's so far down there, I cut them short enough where I ain't gonna have to do that again for a while. So, amen, the guy sitting next to Kathy with a manly beard. I'm having beard envy right now, amen, but amen. So I run, I run them clippers, I mean, right up on the pad. I did not, listen, I told you last night, I'm a city boy. These things don't come to me. These things that are self-evident to country folk, they don't hurt us city folk. We just think different. So, Jim, I ran that thing all the way up on the pad. I gave it a big squeeze. That dog howled like somebody was cutting its leg off. And I'm telling you, Pat, blood went everywhere. I was trying to figure out what was wrong, and I called one of my church members that was a dog lover, amen? And I, I said, I said, I, Jim, I said, I don't know what happened here, but the dogs bleed. They said, what were you doing? I said, I was all I was doing is cutting his toenails. I said, how short did you cut him? I said, short enough where I wasn't going to have to do it for a while. And she said, you cut into the quick. I said, what's that? They said, that's where, that's where there's living flesh inside that toenail, Amen. That's what the word is here. The, the word of God is quick. That doesn't mean it's fast. It means it's alive. Somebody say amen. amen. Not only the Bible says is it quick, but notice this, it's powerful. Amen. Now listen, that means it's active. It's not a passive book. Amen. It's not a book that just does nothing. We're not talking about a Shakespearean, amen, story. We're not talking about, amen, Homer's Iliad or Dante's Inferno. We're talking about a book, amen, that is timeless, that, amen, that, 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 is, not, that is not dated. It's as current, amen, as the headlines three weeks from now. Somebody say amen. I'm talking about a Bible, amen, how that reveals problems and resolves with a purpose. Look what else it said. The Bible said it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I got to thinking about that. It's a book that cuts with one stroke (laughs) and removes that which is diseased and deadly and renews the patient all in the same application. Amen. I'm just trying to tell you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, this Bible, this book you have tonight in your hand is not just some book. Amen. Hey, you explain to me. You explain to me why it's been the bestseller. Amen. For amen, century on end. You explain to me why the great, some great men of this world in the world's view. Amen. Leaders of this world have tried to stamp out this Bible, but they've never been successful. Amen. You explain to me why a missionary from South Korea would hazard his life going into North Korea. 
Korea, amen, to get pieces of the Word of God in there. Hey, because he knows that book is powerful. Amen. I'm just trying to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, the author of that book is God himself. But as I was reading this some time ago, there were several words out of verse 13 that just seemed to jump off the page at me. It's the last six words of that verse. It's referring to God, and it says, with whom we have to do. You see, Hebrews chapter 4 tells us about a God with whom we have to do. And can I say this? It tells us about a God with whom we all have to do. This is not just a God that's exclusive to folk that go to church. This is not just a God who's exclusive to folk that believe in him. Amen? This is a God, amen, that irregardless of your belief system, irregardless of your theology or lack thereof, this is a God with whom every man, woman, boy, and girl that has ever stood on the face of this earth is going to have to do. Ladies and gentlemen, I want, I want us to look tonight at these verses, and I want you to notice three things about this God with whom we have to do. Look at verse 13, first of all. The Bible said, neither is there any creature. I want to first of all draw our attention this evening to the God that formed us. You see, ladies and gentlemen, that writer of the book of Hebrews reminds us that the God with whom we have to do, Brother Tom, is our creator. He uses the word in verse 13, he uses the word creature. It literally means formation. How that word refers to the origination of man. It refers and it speaks of that which has been built. It speaks of that which has been formed. It speaks of that which has been created. And can I remind you tonight, God is our creator. Amen. Well, there's a lot of a lot of conjecture. Boy, it seems like the more educated we get, the dumber we are. I'm not, listen, I'm not against education. I think you ought to get every bit you can and then forget most of it. <laughs> amen? I do like people that can, amen, put a sentence together. Uh, Facebook's a horrible platform for the last couple of generations of school graduates. <laughs> amen. I struggle, my inner grammar Nazi. Ugh. Amen. Use the wrong there. Ugh. Listen, I said, I, I'm OCD, man. I can't even look at that post. I'm afraid I'm going to offend somebody if I write the right there, there. Amen. So I just got to scroll on. Amen. Amen. I'm, but I'm just, I'm just saying tonight, listen, ladies and gentlemen, the simple fact of the matter is, this world has tried to educate man into believing, amen, that we, that we somehow evolved, amen, from, from some, amen, one-celled, amen, subhuman organism. And you know, really, when you stop and think about that, Anita, that takes a whole lot more faith. I mean, honestly, seriously. And I don't know, I don't know how many cells I'm made up of, but there's a bunch here. <laughs> Amen. I'm trying to get rid of some of them, but they just keep stacking up. Amen. But I'm just saying, listen, it takes more faith to believe that, amen, I mean, we just evolved from some, amen, subhuman thing, and, and we just all of a sudden, amen, grew legs and arms and a head and, amen, eyes, and then all of a sudden, amen, amen, people were in Congress. 
Amen. Exactly. That's exactly right. Amen. I'm just saying, ladies and gentlemen, the simple fact of the matter is, hey, hey, we see the origination of man. Go to Genesis chapter 2 quickly. You know it, but I want you to see it. Genesis chapter 2, look at verse number 7. First book of your Bible. Amen. For those who may be uninitiated or if you, amen, you got a portable electronic device, you can cheat on us. Amen. Look at Genesis chapter 7. The Bible said, and the Lord God formed man out of the dust. <laughs> That's kind of humbling, ain't it? Yeah. Watch these people that, amen, are searching for gold, yeah. searching for silver. Now, now there's somebody trying to find, amen, some Japanese treasure that, amen, was hidden on the Philippine Islands, amen, and all that kind of thing. That valuable thing. People looking for oil. Nobody looking for dust. <laughs> amen, ladies. Hey, you'll spend half a day trying to eradicate that out of your house. Somebody say amen. You'll dust windowsills. Amen. You'll dust backs of, amen, backs of chairs. You'll dust the tops of ceiling. So, amen. Hey, God did not form us out of something that had intrinsic value. He formed us out of dust. Amen. The Bible said God formed man out of the dust of the ground. Listen, because the value is not what he formed us out of, the value is in the next thing. <laughs> amen. Hey, the Bible said, and breathed into his nostrils. That's where the, hmm, somebody ought to say amen. amen. Hey, that's where the value comes from, Chris. Hey, he breathed into our nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Yeah, amen. amen. Man, I heard a story years ago about a little girl that was, amen, talking to her mama. She come down the stairs, and, and uh, mama was in the kitchen. She was making, amen, biscuits and gravy that morning. Somebody say amen. And uh, I mean, big old cat head biscuits, amen, Brother Clifford. And she's making biscuits, and, and her little girl come down the stairs, and she said, Mama, where did man come from? And Mama said, well, the Bible said that God made man out of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils a breath of life, and man became a living soul. Man came from dust. And she thought for a few minutes as her mom was, amen, throwing those biscuits and letting them rise, and she said, well, Mom, if that's the case, then where does man go when he dies? And she said, well, that depends on what you've done with Jesus Christ. Amen? Yeah, right. if you Amen. Your soul goes to one of either two places, a place called heaven or a place called hell, right. but your body's going to go back to the dust. Yeah. Dust thou art, and dust thou shalt return. Yeah. She got this real troubled look on her face. And she said, Mama, you need to come up in my room and look under my bed because somebody's up here either coming or going. <laughs> Amen. I'm just saying, ladies and gentlemen, the simple fact of the matter is, hey, how the origination of man is, hey, men from dust. And, and can I say this? According to Psalm chapter 139 and verse number 14, the Bible said we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. Go back to Hebrews chapter 4. Look at verse number 13. The Bible said, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. Not only do we see the obligation of man, or the origination of man, but let me say we see the obligation of man. The idea of the God with whom we have to do is not limited to Christians. Amen? It's a God with whom we all have to do. Every man will be accountable to God. So I don't believe in God. 
Really? You sure you want to go there? Because, listen, you can, you can reject God, but that doesn't remove God. Uh, listen, prior to a number of years ago, I got saved in 1977. And uh, some of you know I, I got saved at First Baptist Church of Hammond. I got saved as a result of an outreach from that church. And uh, if you were here back in the day, amen, Jack Hiles used to come here and preach. It was under a fellow by the name of Ron Boldman, if I got my history correct. And this was referred to as the miracle at Minster. Because y'all are kind of in it. I don't know if you know this. This might come as a shock to some of y'all. This is an out-of-the-way place. <laughs> I mean, you know, those kind of things ain't supposed to happen in a farming community on a two-lane highway. Amen. And I remember, I remember hearing about that place called Minster, Ohio. I had no idea where it was. Had no clue where Minster was located. I just knew it was a place that he'd go, and every time he'd come back from there, he'd tell about, amen, the things that happened while he's there in the meeting. Listen, I could have chosen to say there's, I don't believe there's a place called Minster, Ohio. But that don't change the fact that there's a place called Minster, Ohio. And the fact that some of y'all live here is proof of the fact. It doesn't matter whether I, what, what I believe or not. Amen. And you can, listen, you can choose to deny God, but that doesn't destroy God, and you are still accountable to God. Yeah. Amen. Listen, everyone saved and lost is accountable to his creator. How the God that created us is the one to whom we will be accountable. Yeah. Amen. That's, that ought to be a sobering thought. Yeah. Listen, we have no idea. We have no idea when, when our last breath is going to be drawn. We have no idea when our heart's going to push that last pulse of blood through our system, amen, to have no idea. But that being the case, we ought to be ready, amen, to stand before the God with whom we have to do. Look at verse 13 again. There's something else here. The Bible said, neither is there any creature that is not manifest. Notice these three words, in his sight. Yeah. I talked first of all about the God that formed us. Let me say quickly, I want to talk about for just a few moments the God that faces us. Because the God that creates us, Tom's ultimately the God that's going to confront us. Now, I'll be honest with you, I love music. I really do. I listen to music a lot. A lot of times when I'm driving down the road, I'll put my headphones on and I'll listen to some music. And, and then all of a sudden, in, out of my periphery, need I'll see a hand doing like this. And I'll look over there and she'll go. I'm trying to sing a part. But a part when nobody else can't hear the other three parts sounds horrible. Maybe that the part I'm trying to find sounds horrible as well without all the other three parts or including all the other three. I don't know, but, but uh, I'm just saying, I, I like music. There's a lot of songs in that songbook that we have that are wonderful songs. One of the songs, by, by the way, can I just say this? I hope, you don't mean, I hope you don't take this bad, but thank you for finding another revival song. Every meeting we go to, it's a great song. But I'm telling you, every week, six nights in a meeting, we praise thee, O God, for the Son of thy love, for Jesus who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory, revive us again Monday night. 
Revive. I'm just saying. <laughs> Thank the dear Lord. Hallelujah, sis. I'd hug you if I, amen. I just, man, I'm glad to have another revival song. Praise God. But I, listen, and they're great songs. But you ever, listen, one of the songs in that songbook we sing on occasion is Face to Face with Christ my Savior. <laughs> you ever really stop to consider what that's going to be like? I mean, the way we sing it and the way we think about it, it's going to be a wonderful experience. <laughs> Might not be so, y'all. I'm not saying, listen, it's going to be good to get to heaven. Ain't no doubt about that. You ever done, some, you ever done somebody wrong? <laughs> I appreciate one honest person in the crowd tonight, Brother Jim. Amen. I mean, listen, we've all, we've all done things we wish we hadn't done and treated somebody, amen, a way that we wish we hadn't treated them. And you know what happens when you see them? <laughs> you have trouble looking them in the eye. Amen. And your eyes cut away and you're nervous and uncomfortable. Why? Because, amen, you've got some guilt in here for something you've done that you've not made. <laughs> now you tell me, Tom, when you look in the face of the one that created you, the one that formed you, the one that knows everything, Rodney, about you, every, every good thing you've ever done and every sorry thing you've ever done. And by the way, Clifford, it goes beyond that. He don't just know the things you've done. He knows the things you thought. Dear God. Amen. And I mean, we sing, we sing that song face to face like that's going to be a wonderful thing. But can I say this tonight? That, that verse that we've just read, that I've read you in your hearing, that talks about being in his sight, is talking about the God that faces us. He is one day going to confront us, amen, with the things in our life. We are seen by God. The Bible said it's in his sight. And can I say this? All things are manifest in his sight. You do a word study on the word sight, and you'll find verse after verse after verse that talks about people that did evil in the sight of the Lord. And then you'll find verse after verse after verse that talks about people that did good or did right in the sight of the Lord. You'll just have to excuse the shirt. Can't change that. McCool system's just working overtime. Amen? It's like when I was in Africa, and I was climbing a mountain with some of these, amen, these uh, natives. We was, there in, we was there in Kenya, and I'm breathing like a freight train, and I'm sweating, amen, like it's, I mean, it was, and it was like 110 degrees out. And that native looked at me and said, you okay, preacher? And I said, I'm just trying to live, that's all. And nothing, nothing, real, nothing real big going on here, just, just, trying to, just trying to get to the night, amen, amen. I'm just telling you, ladies and gentlemen, I, I got to thinking about that word, that word sight. Listen, uh, you, you see people that did evil in the sight of the Lord and then people that did right in the sight of the Lord and you come to the quick conclusion that God sees the good and he sees the bad. Amen. I want you to notice this. Look what the Bible said. The Bible said, moving on in verse 13, but all things are naked. Can I say not only are we seen by God, but can I say secondly, we are stripped by God. That word naked is an interesting word. It, it, it carries with it the idea, amen, of being stripped of a garment and being exposed. Yeah. Amen. Nothing to cover, amen, yourself. Nothing to, amen, to cover, amen, the, 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 nothing to cover and, uh, uh, amen, to hide behind. I'm just saying, ladies and gentlemen, hey, God knows me 
better than my wife knows me. Hard to keep secrets when you live in less than 400 square feet. And I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, hard to keep secrets. We can't even have a good fight anymore. <laughs> Amen. I mean, every marriage needs a good fight every once in a while. We can't even have one because we're always on church property. <laughs> Amen. We gotta, if we're going to have a fight, we've got to schedule it and go to a campground where nobody knows us. Amen. Then it ain't no fun when you schedule them. I mean, them got to be spontaneous. And, I'm t- and listen, when you live in a motorhome, you ain't even got a door to slam. Can't, can't, go, can't go to the basement, can't go to the garage, ain't got no man cave. Amen. I'm just saying, listen, hey, hey, I'm just saying, we know each other, Anita, pretty well. We're with each other almost. Amen. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's very little time when we are apart one from another. But can I say this? Hey, although she knows me better than anybody else in this world, Penny, there's a God that knows me better than she does. Ladies and gentlemen, he knows you and all of our outward coverings and our facades are going to one day be stripped away. All those things we think are so important and make us look so spiritual, amen? One of these days, God's going to take all that away and we're going to stand before him, amen, and he's going to reveal to us what he really knows about us. Amen, the God who sees us, the God who strips us, but I want, to, I want you to notice this. There's a... Another word after the word naked, and it's after the word and, and it's the word open. Can I say this? Not only are we seen by God and stripped by God, but can I say this? We're sentenced by God. And ladies and gentlemen, he is not going to pass sentence, Joe, on what he thinks to be true. Amen? I, I mean, you know, we've... We've seen some high-profile cases in our lifetime that have, that have gotten a lot of publicity. And boy, they, people, you know, amen, a, a prosecuting attorney and, 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 and all the assistants in his office will, or her office will try to, amen, find all kind of evidence, amen, and present that in a courtroom to a jury uh, because nobody actually maybe was an eyewitness of the crime. And so they'll try to present enough evidence and enough circumstantial evidence Amen, to try to paint a picture and try to prove guilt. The, amen, the defense attorney will try to, amen, undermine that evidence and try to, amen, produce and prove innocence, but it's all done based on what people think they know. <laughs> God ain't going to think he knows nothing. <laughs> he's not going to, amen, bring in, amen, some forensic expert. And so what do you think about this situation? No, God's, listen, I don't know how this is all going to play out, Brother Jim. I've heard people say that their life flashed before their eyes. I don't know if God's got some kind of high-tech, amen, video recording thing that he's got going on. I, I don't know. But I do know that I, I'm, able to, I'm able to come to this conclusion. If when we stand before God and those people that we should have witnessed to 
If their blood is going to be required at our hands, there's got to be some means of showing us where we fell short. Amen? And I'm saying he's not going to sentence people based on what he thinks to be true. He's going to sentence them based on what he knows to be true. Often in cases, amen, uh, where, where somebody has been, amen, picked up and charged with a crime, you'll find that when the TV cameras are there, amen, at the police station or at the court, amen, they'll co- cover their face or turn their face. Why? Uh, because they can't look in the eyes of those to whom they've wronged. But ladies and gentlemen, can I remind you, there's going to come a day when you are not going to look into the eyes of your mom or into the eyes of your dad or into the eyes of the person you wrong, you are going to look into the thrice holy eyes of a God who sits on high and looks down low. That word opened is an interesting word. It comes from the Greek word preklizo, speaking of the neck or the throat. It's the same word we get our English word tracheotomy from. When somebody's lost the ability to breathe, they perform a tracheotomy, cut a hole in their trachea, amen, so they can have a clear oxygen passage. I did some study on that and come to find out that back in the days of the Roman gladiators, when they would fight for the pleasure of the Caesar and for the applause of the crowd, the victor would often place a sword under the neck of the one he had defeated and make them face the Colosseum and the emperor before his life was taken. Found in the Roman criminal court that oftentimes when somebody was charged and found guilty of a crime that was worthy of death, that the equivalent of what we would call a bailiff would come and take a sharp dagger and place it under the chin of that, that convicted criminal and make that convicted criminal face the judge and face the victim. They could not bow their head in concealment of their shame. They had to look the judge in the face as the judge passed sentence. Can I say this? You can run away, but you can't look away one day. You'll be faced by God one day. We're formed by God. We're faced by God. But thank God there's another truth in these verses. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. But we'd be in really bad shape yeah. if it ended right in verse 13. Amen? Amen? I want you to look at verse 14. Seeing then. <laughs> there's some hope in those words. Amen. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. I like this verse, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with a feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let me say, not only do we see the God that formed us and the God that faces us, but can I say, number three, we see the God that forgives us. <laughs> Amen. Amen. 
I mean, it's a terrifying thought that one day you and I will stand before God with all our sin, with all our unrighteousness, with all those things, all those violations and all those transgressions, and to have to look in the eyes of God and know that He knows everything. But <laughs> we got an advocate. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Boy, thank God I've got somebody. <laughs> My daughter. Amanda, when we were living in northern Michigan, was just getting started in evangelism, and uh, we've got, my, my, my wife has got a brother that lives up in northern Michigan, and so they got cousins, and, uh, and all the kids decided, now, when you live where we lived in northern Michigan, it's kind of like where y'all live in Minster. If you're going to the mall, amen, that's not a 1L mall, you get that after a while. If you're going to the mall that's got more than one L, amen, it's bigger than a small, you've got to drive better than an hour, hour and a half away. So Chris, my, my daughter, Amanda, got in our 15-passenger. That, remember that gold van they used to have with that big V10? Man, that thing would run, man. And uh, she got a heavy foot. And she's driving from our house in Gaylord, Michigan, over to Traverse City, and she's driving through Kalkaska County, and Rodney, she got stopped for doing 65 in a 30. Oh. Yeah, those that are uninitiated, that's not good. <laughs> you know, there are times in a parent's life that they don't have to tell you something's wrong. Yeah. You just know from their demeanor that <laughs> something ain't right. We was at the house that night, Fred, and they come in, and she comes in the door, says, Dad, I'm home, drops the keys on the counter, goes right into her room. That's unusual. Normally, she wants to show me everything she bought, tell me about everything they did. And I thought about that for just a few minutes, Brother Jim, and I thought, hey, something, something's amiss here. And I walked in the room, and I said, Amanda, what's wrong? And she said, I got a ticket. And I said, how bad? And she said, 35 over. And uh, there comes times in our life, Clifford, you got kids. They're life lesson times. Amen? We could have paid the ticket. It would have cost a bunch of money, but we could have paid it. But I decided we'd go to court because I, I wanted her to experience, Steve, the awe and the fear of standing before somebody, amen, not dad. She'd had that awe and fear before, amen. In fact, she experienced that awe and fear that very time while we were talking. <clears throat> but I wanted her to understand that, amen, sometimes there are actions, amen, uh, that cause, amen, others to have to be involved in the decision-making process. Well, I told you my sister's got a brother that lives up in northern Michigan. He's actually in Kalkaska. He started off his career as being a juvenile, amen, parole officer. And I don't know how in the world this happened because he he's got a, he's got a, uh, uh, a degree, said diploma, that's about what it's worth, but from the same Bible college I graduated from, okay? He didn't go to law school. He didn't have any formal training. And they made him, they made him a judge. 
apparently they were really hard up for good help up in there. They made him a judge. He, he actually was the judge, amen, for every, every case that involved a juvenile, anybody under the age of 18 years old, because of his work with juveniles, they promoted, and he was the juvenile court referee for three counties. Well, that day my daughter stands in court, and, and you know if you've ever been to traffic court or a court period, especially in a small town, I mean, man, they got people in there that just fresh out of jail, amen, and so they're in an orange jumpsuit and shoes with no laces, and they're shackled, you know, and they appear before the judge, and then you've got all kind of other things going on, and the judge made her wait till the very last case. I mean, she's sweating like her daddy's sweating right now. And she ain't doing nothing. And the judge calls her name and said, Amanda Skipper, or State of Michigan versus Amanda Skipper. She said, Amanda approached the bench and she stood up there. <laughs> and the judge said, You're, You have been charged, amen, violating such and such a statute, speeding in the amount of 35 miles an hour over the posted speed limit. How do you plead? Amanda said, Judge, I plead guilty. About that moment, something happened that I'll never forget. I heard a voice from behind the judge's bench. Said, Judge, can I speak to you? And I immediately recognized it as my brother-in-law. <laughs> and the judge, amen, amen, we took a, we, we, uh, what do they call that when they, yeah, thank you, they took a recess. I was thinking about going out and playing on stuff, but they took, <laughs> they took a recess, and the judge went back there, and I mean, it wasn't very long, maybe five, six, seven minutes, and the judge came back in, gaveled the court back into session, and she said, uh, she said, Amanda, she said, it's been brought to my attention that recently your grandmother died, and you were her, one of her primary caretakers, and, and she died there in y'all's house, and Amanda said, yes, ma'am, that's true. And uh, she said, also come to my attention that your uncle is Mark Holston. Now, at that point, I got scared. Because <laughs> I know her brother. And I thought, you know, we're going to a capital murder case here really quick. And she said, yes, sir, that's my uncle. And the judge just kind of looked at her long. And she said, you know, these are unusual circumstances indeed. She said, uh, she said, Amanda, she said, do you think you've learned your lesson? And Amanda said, yes, Judge, I, I have. And she said, then I see no need to proceed further. <laughs> and she said these two words, case dismissed, and gaveled the court out of session. <laughs> Whoa, listen. Man, I got to thinking about all the things that I've done that he knows about. Amen. Oh, but listen, hey, hey, I've got somebody better than my brother-in-law. Amen. Hey, hey, I know the judge's son. I know somebody better, amen, than somebody that just knows the judge. In, oh, amen. In a work environment, I'm talking about somebody, hey, Rodney, who's related to the judge and can call him dad. Yeah. Amen, and I'm glad on that. I'm glad on that day, May the eighth, nineteen seventy-seven. How when I stood before in spiritually a thrice holy God, and the verdict was guilty, 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 guilty. I'm glad my advocate Steve stepped in my place and said, "Father, I've already paid for that. I've already died for his sin, and you can set him free." Amen. 
No, the God <laughs> that forgives us. Amen. Amen. Now, <laughs> because I've been forgiven, I can come boldly <laughs> to a throne of grace. Uh, <laughs> I got to thinking about that. I get to come to a place I don't deserve to come. <laughs> it's not a throne of judgment. It's a throne of grace. And brother, when I get there, instead of getting what I do deserve, I get what I don't deserve. <laughs> I get to come to a place I don't deserve to come to. And when I get there, I don't get what I do deserve. I'm glad. I'm glad tonight, man. I'm thankful for mercy, aren't you? Amen. I want to ask you tonight as we bow our head and close our eyes.